0: It's the Britflix.com podcast. I'm Stuart Wright, and this is the Britflix.com podcast. On this podcast, rather than critique or score films out of five or ten or tell you what we love or what we hate, I sit down with the filmmaker and get them to give us an insight into the process of making their movie, what they discovered, what they learned, all those kind of things. Or I get to sit down with a horror film fan and get them to tell me five great British horror films that they think we should all take interest in. Either way, this podcast is provided totally free, without any outside advertising. So, if you enjoy it, please make sure to subscribe in iTunes, and if you've got that bit more time, Write me a review too. It all helps. Thank you. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today we've got a a programmer from East End Film Festival. Do you want to introduce yourself, please?
1: Hello. um, My name's Rowan Woods, um, and, yeah, I'm one of the programming team at at East End. Um, It's nice to be with you.
0: Nice to have you on the show. Um, So do you want to give us, before we go into any detail about the festival, do you want to give us the sort of Start and end dates for East End Film Festival first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're starting uh, next week, uh, which is, uh, as we're recording this, that's uh, Wednesday the 11th of April. Mm-hmm. And it's running for uh, three weeks until the 29th of April. So that's we're, we're running it um, from Wednesday to Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday.
0: Blimey, a lot of work going on there. Ron. It
1: is, it is. <laughs> I'm sure we'll all be exhausted, but feeling very um, uh, inspired and, and hopefully um, uh, satisfied by a job well done.
0: Indeed, indeed. Well, look, I'll, I'll put a link to the website, which is just simply Film isn't it, in the, yeah. in the show notes, so people can uh, click on that and that's where people can buy tickets from. Um, but look, look, I mean, the, the other interesting thing that I always find about uh, Eastern Film Festival is is the, uh, the maybe the variety of places that you're going to be showing films. So do you want to give us a kind of the traditional ones and maybe the not traditional ones that you're going to be showing up in with the festival this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really nice to be, I mean, I live, I live in East London okay. and, um, we're so well served for a variety of cinemas. Um, and the festival really makes use of so many of those well-established independent cinemas. So mm-hmm. we're, we're showing, um, the Rio in Dalston, uh, our opening night takes place there. We're also at the Rich Mix um, on Bethnal Green Road. We're at the Castle Cinema up in Homerton. Um, I don't know. Do you know? Oh, it's it's fairly fairly new. I think it opened opened a year ago. Maybe it's gorgeous. Really, really gorgeous. Brilliant. Um, We're also at the Genesis in Mile End, the Oldgate, the new Curzon in Oldgate. We're hosting a series of outdoor screenings in the Spitalfields market over the final weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're showing Call Me By Your Name there, The Wizard of Oz. A shorts program. We also Good. do quite a lot at this amazing Masonic Temple uh, at Liverpool Street. Mm-hmm. So we have every year we have this um, masquerade ball. So and we also make use of some really exciting non-traditional cinema venues. So mm-hmm. over our final weekend, we host a number of screenings in Spitalfields Market. So we're showing uh, The Wizard of Oz and Call Me by Your Name. And then we have this amazing venue, the Masonic Temple at Liverpool Street, where we do um, a masked ball, a masquerade ball every every year, and we also show a number of screenings there. So the Final Girls, who are uh, curating um, a weekend of um, films about the female ghost, uh, are all taking place there. Well, we'll
0: talk about we'll talk about that in a minute then, in in more detail. So, so that, that, that hopefully that gives the listener a sense of the sort of. The use of the East, End La- East London landscape that the festival take, takes place over, so there's plenty to choose from and plenty to engage with. Now, one of the interesting things about this year's is, is there's a speci- there's a spe- there's a specific focus on women filmmakers, and as 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 a as a, to- as a, as a kind of high level, uh, I guess policy decision made really, I guess from Eastern Film Festival is the is the um, is that you're prioritising yourself as a platform for women in, in the film industry
1: mm, absolutely um that's something we've been very mindful about this year and it's certainly for, for me uh, in the films i've been looking at i've really been focusing on films that um uh, by female directors mm-hmm. or that somehow kind of uh prioritize the female experience or, or women's voices in some mm. in some form um, and we're really pleased that we've i mean we've got so we have eight films in the official competition, five of which are directed or, or co-directed by by women. Mm-hmm. Um, well over a third of the films in the overall program mm-hmm. uh, are directed by women. Um, so that's something we've really we've really focused on this year, and we've got a really wide range of of films by women from all over the world and with different genres and different voices yeah. and different perspectives.
0: Right, okay, and again, we'll get on to those, we'll get on we'll five specific examples in a moment, mm. but first, I just want to, another question I wanted to ask you about is this, I'd not heard of this until I was reading the information about the festival, is this notion of, of an F rating, what, what is this and how does, how does it work and how, and how will it help in terms of how people sort of choose or, or, or uh, get to see movies?
1: Yeah. So this was a brilliant initiative that was set up by Holly Tarkini, who um, runs the Bath Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a couple of years ago. And it's something that she set up partly partly in response to the Bechdel test, uh, the Bechdel test. Mm which I think more people might be familiar with, which is the idea that um, uh, a film has needs to have two women who speak to each other, who have a conversation with each other during the course of the film about something other than a man, yeah. um, which is a really in- interesting sort of um, uh, strategy by which to judge whether or not a film has valid, uh, well-fleshed-out female characters. But it's also quite limited. You know, it cuts out things like... Um, I know if it, the the classic example is something like gravity, which is very much a film about a woman, but she's on her own in space the whole time, so she, actually she doesn't have a conversation with any other woman, so it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. pa- it wouldn't pass the Bechdel test yeah, yeah, yeah. um and the f rating um is a different sort of test by which again to judge the representation of women women in film, so the mm-hmm. idea is that um uh it's about Tests whether a film is uh, is written by women, directed by women, uh, features women mm. uh, in in performing in, in performing roles, or whether it um, uh, deals with uh, with kind of issues issues related related to women. Um, so it's just a slightly more holistic way of thinking about, and, and less sort of um, restrictive way of thinking about whether or not a film uh, represents represents women.
0: Yeah, because I think it's interesting you, you sort of talk in those tones because I think I think a lot of people can get a bit obsessed with the idea of it just being a female director or not or a female lead or not. But obviously, there's, a lot, more, there's a lot more roles in a film than um, than uh, than just those in terms of how you how you create greater greater diversity and certainly in terms of gender and filmmaking, isn't
1: there? Yeah. Someone like Catherine Bigelow has made, who's, who's fantastic and whose films I absolutely love. Um, a lot of her work feels very macho and muscular and uh, and masculine. Yeah. Um, and this is a way of thinking about films that, you know, that also feel feminine for want of a better, for want mm. of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also something, um, so, I should say that films that are directed by or written by women just get the standard F rating. Um, But there's also something called, which is the triple F rating, which is whereby um, a film also features a a specific significant woman um, in a a role on screen in in her own right. Um, So it's just nicely kind of broad and elastic enough.
0: Um, no, it's interesting. I think it's an interesting development, because I think that, that in recent years, I think there has, because of the simplistic nature of the Bechdel test, which I think even the person that created it sort of sort of, almost did it in a kind of light-hearted way to poke fun at the fact there wasn't this equality. And then absolutely. It's, and then it got, it seemingly over the years, that got muddied and it became this sort of, this torchbearer for it. And then, like you say, when you start to use it as a tool, it's a very blunt one if you're trying to prove a point, because you can end up saying something doesn't pass it when, in fact, it's a very strong female film in some way, shape or another. Um,
1: Absolutely. I think, yeah, you just have to be careful about this sort of um, dogmatic application of something of yeah. something like that. They're and all think... useful useful ways, um, uh, useful sort of tests by which to sort of think about their, uh, representation more broadly. But yes, mm. I think you just have to be careful in the application.
0: Indeed, indeed. Now, And then just finally, just, just, just to sort of round that off it's like why why I mean why is why is sort of gender important in terms of who tells stories for the big screen as it were what is what is it important about having difference
1: well I think I mean there's so many uh so many ways to answer this I think you know for me um it's partly a question of uh I think a proliferation of voices and a wide variety of perspectives and filmmakers. And, and by the way, this isn't just limited to gender. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to think about, think about diversity. But mm-hmm. I think having films that are told from different perspectives just makes films better. Mm-hmm. It makes a wider variety of cinema. It attracts a different, different kinds of audiences. And I think it's so important for people to see themselves and their experiences reflected, reflected on, on screen. And I think also just, you know, to to be more sort of practical about it from an industry point of view, you know, or, or potentially to be slightly more cynical about it. I think, um, you know, the industry is at a time of massive change, mm-hmm. uh, especially the independent film industry, both in the UK and in America, but also more, more internationally, is under so much threat from Amazon and Netflix and emerging platforms, and in order to to shore ourselves up and uh, you know secure our secure our future, it's important that we're telling the best stories with the widest variety of talent uh, and and voices and perspectives. And it just I, I, I don't know it it, ju- it just makes commercial sense as well as um, you know being important for more kind of ethical representational uh, points of view.
0: No, indeed, indeed. No, it wasn't so much to 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 create an argument for it. It was more that I thought I thought it's worth just pointing out that what what it what it is we're doing here, because I think when you begin to hear different voices, you begin to see the world differently. If 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 the world is a mono set of storytelling voices, it's not really much use to anybody about understanding the world.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right then, so let's look at some specifics then. Now, there's there's sort of five examples I want I want to draw out from your. Uh, from, from the headline of a you know over a third female filmmakers and, um, and and this priority that the festival's taking so opening night you've got Sarah driver who um, who comes out of a New York scene that that's sort of what late like 70s through the 80s and, and yeah uh, she's bringing boom for real the late teenage years of uh, John Moselle Basque um, now as part of that as part of that night there's um, is going to, she's going to be there for q and A, Q&A and will that be? Will that be? What, what can people expect from from um, from from that Q and A? Then is it going to be about the film? Is that going to be about? Is that going to be driven by the point of trying to raise the issue of female filmmakers?
1: I mean, I think probably a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. um, you always have to see uh, Q and As are so elastic, and you have to see where they where they go on the night. But um, absolutely, that opening night film and that opening night Q and A. And by the way. <clears throat> We're absolutely thrilled to have her. Hmm. Um, that will probably focus more on the film, and then she's doing an in conversation event, I think, the following day. Okay. Um, I haven't got all my facts and figures to my, um, well, no, we'll,
0: we'll uh, to my give fingertips, a link. but
1: I, yeah, give we'll g- 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 a link. I think it's the next day where, where she'll be talking more generally about her process and about filmmaking. And I expect about uh, women working, working in the industry. Um, but, yeah, we're really, really thrilled to have her there. And I think it sort of sets it gets the festival off to a um, uh, off to a really great start and sort of sets the tone for, for the next three weeks to come
0: indeed indeed now somebody I'm going to be speaking to separately about her film is Deborah Haywood who's mm. uh, who's going to be showing um, Pincushion, Pincushion, which has yes. been, which has been set in the something uh, the genre film festival World delight uh with, yes. its, with its praise and, and awards. so so you must be you must be very happy to have that showing at, uh, at East End Film Festival.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's a film that I've been tracking since, uh, well, since even before it opened the Venice Critics Week last mm. last summer. Yeah. Um, and we're really excited to be showing it's it's the as you say it's done a lot of festivals around the world, um, and we're hosting the London premiere of it. Deborah Haywood is such a fresh and exciting new female filmmaker from the uk which yeah. is which is really important for us as a festival obviously we showcase a variety of uh work from around the world yeah. but it's also really important to us to be championing new up-and-coming uh female uh filmmakers from the uk and ireland uh so we've got pinkush and we've also got um Mcardle's McArdle's kissing Candice*, we've also got um uh we've got something else by a young female filmmaker oh leanne wellen um whose um film pilly is is also playing in the festival um but that 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 pincushion screening is in partnership with the underwire festival Indeed, who yeah. champion um women working in the crafts so a lot a lot is made about uh female direct directors um but underwire really focus on uh, hod's working uh, across the range of roles behind behind the camera um so yeah so we're really we're putting a spotlight both on deborah's work and deborah's work as a director but the brilliant work that's been done behind the scenes by nicola daly who's the um dop on that film uh natalie holt who's the composer um so yeah really really championing and shouting about work that's been done by a really exciting female creative team on that on that uh, film and for those
0: people that go to that that, also, that that screening is part of a sort of panel discussion isn't it about female filmmakers Abs-
1: absolutely yeah so we'll be we'll be screening the film and then um Anna Bogartskaya from Underwire mm-hmm. will be hosting a panel discussion afterwards with Deborah and with a number of those uh female female crew um and talking about the process of making that film, but I think more broadly about about the filmmaking process. Uh, so that would be a really exciting event.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's and and, and it made me made me curious about you. You say there that you it's a film you were tracking. Now I think for for the layperson listening, do you want to give us a little insight there into sort of from your point of view programming a festival? What what when you say tracking, what 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 are you doing there? Are you saying look, I want I want that film. I'm going to have to buy me time or. Am I going to see how that film goes, and then select it? Do you want to give us a little insight into how you end up choosing something like this?
1: Mm. Well, I think with something like Pincushion mm-hmm. um, or the British titles more broadly, yeah. um, we have access to the to, to the industry. So I am speaking to people like the BFI all the time um, and getting a sense of which filmmakers and which films are, are bubbling up, you know, what's about to shoot, what's in post, what's getting ready for festivals. Mm-hmm. So with the British titles, I, we all generally have a very good sense of what's, of what's coming through and you can track titles from a really, really early stage. Mm-hmm. Um, with the more and and then it's about you know whether the film is ready in time for your festival whether it's when it's getting its uh general uh general release whether that fits in with our dates where else it's premiered you know which what kind of premiere status can we get all of those sorts of things so you know there are some titles that we would have loved to have got by exciting young British filmmakers that we haven't been able to get because either they've Come out before us, or they've gone to other festivals, or those sorts of things. So, mm. those are all the always the things that you have to um, bear in mind and negotiate when you're thinking about, uh, about what titles you, unfortunately, it's never quite about picking your, your wish list off the shelf and go, yep, we'll have that, 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 and that. There's always always a certain amount of negotiation that, that, that goes if only into it, it was that
0: simple eh, right? i
1: know i know um and then i think for the, for the international titles um where we don't have quite as many roots into the indigenous industries in, the, in those particular countries mm-hmm. it's more about um you know reading the trades getting a good sense of what um what the you know Keeping an eye on work in progress screenings at various other international festivals, so you know what's what's bubbling under and what's about to come through. Mm. You know, it's about reading reviews from from Berlin, from Cannes, from Locarno, from Toronto, from Venice, um, uh, as, as well as uh, smaller festivals internationally, to get a really good sense of what's out there, what's winning awards, what do we feel might be the right fit for us, what's 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 coming through. Um, so it's just lots of Lots of research, really.
0: Now I can imagine you, 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 you must be you must drown in films at some point uh, mm. during the year, and then you sort of come up. You go, oh, I've got some films. Thank goodness for that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. N- now, I mean, it's you know we're we, we're tracking things throughout throughout the year, so mm. you're you're always. Um, I've got a little list on my uh, on my phone that I keep every everything I read about or what or see that I think, oh, that might be. Mm. that might be interesting you know even now I'm starting to think about next year um and the things that I've seen in Berlin or seen in um uh, we'll, we'll see in Cannes mm. uh and just sort of keeping keeping one ear out no, for, it's, it's, for what it's, it's might an, work for us
0: yeah it's an interesting part of the of, of the cycle of films that they they don't just sort of supernova at, at a festival and then they're released there's there's a there's a festival life of a film, isn't there as well?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, a film will premiere. You know, there are certain titles in our in our lineup that um, have maybe premiered uh, in Cannes um, or in Venice or Toronto last year, and mm-hmm. then you track, you know, where those where those films go uh, throughout the rest of the year and even into the beginning of this year. Um, and, and where they and where they wind up and where, you know, and where they tend to be, where they tend to be positioned. And now, some of those films end up getting picked up for for UK distribution. And that's wonderful. But a lot of those films also don't. So we're very privileged to get to see so many of them on the festival circuit. And, you know, part of what we try to do at the festival is pick up some of those films that may not otherwise get a UK distribution and give an opportunity to audiences in the UK to to see them.
0: Yeah, and also it gives gives the filmmaker an opportunity to show distributors that it's worth showing their film in a cinema. You know, absolutely, there's a, there's absolutely. It's a, a lovely chicken and egg, there, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, now you've already you've already hinted at this one. You've got the final girls um, sh- four films that they're showing as part of the um, the sort of female ghosts as a staple of folklore storytelling. Mm-mm. Now they've got um, they've got Lewis Allen's The Uninvited from '44. They've got. Uh, Kineto Shindo's Kuroneko from 1968. You've got Alexander Amina, Baz, uh, the others, and *Whispering yeah. Corridors* from yeah. uh, Park Ke-Hung. Um Now, who, who before before we go in, it would be good to know who are the final girls and how did that partnership get come about with with you and the with with them and the festival.
1: Mm. Um, well, the final girls are fab. Um, they're, it's, they're a duo called Anna and Olivia, and okay. um, they're part of the, there's a really exciting scene at the moment, uh, particularly in London, but, but throughout the UK, mm-hmm. of um, independent programming collectives. Okay. And they are an independent programming collective who um, focus on work that's explores the intersection of feminism and horror cinema okay. and I think they must have been going for about about two years now and they put on a variety of exciting standalone events at cinemas in London but also throughout the country um, yeah that, that explore that explore horror cinema by and for and featuring women mm-hmm. so we you know, they, they they have a fairly high profile, so a lot of people know what what it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I run my own uh, independent programming collective, so I always see them on the on the circuit, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. No, and I interesting. you know they they're just part of a um, a, a really exciting uh, curatorial um, community in London at the moment. So so I know them. Um, our festival producer Dimitri, knows them uh from working on our uh, on festivals at the bfi so
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then i think um
0: but it's, I it's think... interesting you say it. it's it's a really it's a really sort of it's a taking the bull by the horns sort of approach isn't it it's like this is a chance for us to showcase what we want to see so. absolutely
1: absolutely um so they've done partnerships with various other festivals and mm. i to be honest i don't know whether it was them that reached out to us or whether we reached out to them mm-hmm. but um we uh we're really excited to be, to be doing these partnerships. We're also doing another partnership with um, dispatch who are also another feminist uh, screening collective. So it's something we're really, we're really open to working in collaboration with guest, guest curators. So yeah, they're putting on this whole uh, weekend of screenings at, at this amazing Masonic temple location at, um, at at Liverpool street. Um, And it very much fits in with the, um, our thematic vibe that we're going for this year.
0: No, I, I mean folk folklore is a is a um, is a wonderful is a wonderful channel to, to go down in terms of um, how how gender is represented, and certainly looking at sort of and certainly looking at the titles there. They're coming from different parts of the world, so yeah, different parts of the world looking at the female ghost, which is therefore coming from a, a, a cultural uh, sort of foundation where they're from, which then means are they different or are they the same? You know, I mean, you, you don't have to read very much into, into folklore to begin to see that despite there being no internet, the world seems to have written the same stories all over, all over the place about, you know, what the wolf means, what the, what the bear means, what the, you know, what, what, did, what did death mean in a family and all those kind of things, which is really kind of weird how humans were that uniform but, but didn't know it. But, yeah, but then obviously you take 20th century filmmaking, which is what they're doing, and go, look, here's, here's, a, here's a different way of looking at the female ghost, which I think is really fascinating
1: absolutely absolutely no they've done a really a really great job and I can't wait I can't wait to go and watch watch those films I mean I've only of those I've only seen the others before so me too me be, too um... no it's a
0: fascinating uh, list of films it's all sort of when you look at it I and mean, I'm a horror fan first and foremost so you sort of look at them and I go right okay there's there's some there's a there's a void in my in my film knowledge so I need to rectify mm. that uh, now you've mentioned dispatch as well now they're doing a 3500 anniversary screening of born in flames L- L- yes borden's film now here's a very different thing now so we've talked about you programming new films and look tracking them as they go are they ready have they been exposed too much is it the right fit but here's something where obviously you've looked you've looked at at, at uh, i'm guessing working with dispatch the feminist moving image is that right mm. um and um You've seen this as a good opportunity. Now, I'm going to read what it says on your on your press release, which is a documentary style intersectional feminist science fiction exploring race, sexuality, class politics, surveillance and alternative political systems. Sounds like a film well ahead of its time, as sci-fi can often do. So you've worked with someone called Amit Josephine Budge, who I guess is part of Dispatch, I imagine
1: um she is someone that dispatch has brought in to oh, okay. um, to to present uh, to present that screening um so it's something you know part of the way that we work with these uh independent programming collectives yeah. is we very much give them the space to to program and curate their own their own events mm. um so we, we, we don't dictate how uh, how and in, in what in which ways they should um they should platform and, and, and profile these films. Um, so that's entirely their their event, but something mm. that we we are giving them the space the space and collaborative energy to, to to do.
0: No, it's I mean it's really exciting. I mean it's again it's not something that I'm aware of, but I'm absolutely fascinated to to, to see what this film is because you know it's a sort of a, it's always it's always interesting when you when you come across things that aren't even on your radar and you read about them, you go, well this should be.
1: Oh, Stuart! Yeah, you've got to see it. This is really, um, this is really a really, really important film in, um, uh, in, in the canon of feminist feminist filmmaking. Mm. So get yourself there.
0: I'll do, I'll do, I'll do my utmost, Sean. I'll do my utmost. Um, so final, final thing, just to draw, just, just to shine a light on, in terms of the the the, uh, the idea of um, sort of getting people to talk about and identify with. The notion of not the notion that's a ridiculous word (laughs) to get people to see what interesting work uh female female filmmakers are making and and, in in so much as not even to sort of say here's a female film here's a male film it's more the fact that you know we we, we've got this just interesting work out there and they're made by food and it's made by females so you've got a a program of short films on the 23rd of april Women, Mm. women of wonder um so with that with that script with that set of films your um your uh, what do you call it you've um your you're going to be having a panel with four leading voices in the fields of film criticism, writing, and filmmaking. Are we? Are we is that? Are they known yet as to who they are?
1: Um, no, those those haven't been announced yet. Okay. Um, but watch watch this space. Um, yeah, I think um, you know. Obviously, we're showcasing uh, some really exciting feature filmmaking from around the world. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the the women whose short films we're showcasing in these in these shorts programs will. Many of them go on to be those first and second time filmmakers that we will platform in in years to come. Excellent. So um, it's really important to us to be to be focusing on on the work of emerging filmmakers. You know, but both in the, in terms of this um, this shorts program focusing on women, mm-hmm. um, but we've also got a variety of a variety of other other shorts shorts programs and a team of really really great um, programmers who, uh, who who look after those. Those programs,
0: brilliant, brilliant. Now, well, let's let's remind people then. So, when does East End Film Festival start?
1: Um, yeah, so it's the eleventh of um, April to the twenty-ninth of April.
0: Brilliant, and it's a, a plethora of cinemas around the East End, plus plus field Markets for outdoor events and the Masonic Lodge. Um, uh, for the um, for the final girls curated stuff um, I'll put links in the show notes so people can uh, go directly to where they can see the programme and uh, and hopefully buy tickets themselves um, but just gives me to say thank you for giving us your time to the Britflix podcast
1: oh you're so welcome thank you for having me
0: Britflix.com podcast is provided totally free without any outside advertising so if you enjoyed it please make sure to subscribe at iTunes and write me a review thank you